The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What up? What's happening? This is Round Ball Stew on Roto World. I'm Dan Titus, Yahoo Sports, and that is Raphael Johnson. And we are here on Wednesday, April 19th, in the thick of the NBA playoffs. And we got some things to talk about. Let's just get right to it, man. What is Draymond Green doing? What is he doing? So for those that weren't watching, the Sacramento Kings are now up 2-0 on the Golden State Warriors. Next game will be at Chase Center, and Draymond Green will not be playing in that game because he decided to Kirk Franklin stomp all over Demonis Sabonis. What are your thoughts on it, man? Man, I, it's just, I don't know. It, it just feels like, I don't want to say that the series is over because it certainly isn't. I don't think a series is over until someone loses at home. Um, but I don't know. If you talk about the end of a dynasty and end of an era, I don't know if anyone can ever be like a clean ending, you know? Like you think back to the Bulls in the Jordan era, they had ugliness between Michael, Scotty, Jerry Krause. The Warriors, I don't know if they're done, but they've got a big decision to make with Draymond this summer in terms of his player option. It's like $27.6 million for next year. Hefty. I don't know. You know, it's a lot of money. And then you, you think about what happened uh, in game two, even if – Obviously, Sabonis grabbed his leg, but it was just too much in terms of the stomp and then the, the jump off of him running up the court. And then you get into it with the fans behind the bench while Adam, Adam Silver right is in attendance. <laughs> it's just doing too much. It just reminded me of that like that shopping mall dance, bot, dance battle meme where the dude just does a flip and knocks himself out. Yeah, it's like on concrete. Like why? Why? Like you don't have you're out there doing the most for no reason at all, and now you miss a game that your team has to win. Critical so, game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, it is what it history. is with that man. Yeah. There's just precedence here, right? Like, yep. is anyone shocked that this man is suspended for game three? Like he got suspended for kicking guys in the nuts years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. It's just the antics, man. And then, as you said, like to just it was the stomp was enough. But then to go rile up the crowd with your commissioner watching you, like what are you expecting is going to be the repercussions of that? Like is a fine. I don't know. A fine was going around on Twitter. I don't see how you just find somebody after doing that. Yeah. Um, and Warriors Twitter, they're talking about oh the fix is in. They want the Kings to go to the cha- I don't know. The Kings have been trashed for 20 years. No one wants a small market team like them yeah. to go far. So, like, all that crap. I feel like that's just, you know, people trying to defend the Draymond antics. But yeah, I don't know, man. Demonis Sabonis was definitely wrong for grabbing his foot. And if you look at that play in slow motion, he was actually tugging on Clay's jersey, and then he fell. Yeah, maybe he was trying to protect himself. I don't care about the semantics. Fact is, Draymond's not going to be playing in game three, which is huge for the Warriors. Um, 
I don't know what ex- what adjustments are you expecting the Warriors to make here because Jordan Poole has been awful. I think he's been catching a lot of heat for his play. Um, the Colin Cowherds of the world, the Kevin O'Connors, like these guys are just torching this man. And he was the one that got the bag. So the Warriors decided, like, hey, we're gonna re you up because we believe in your future, even probably more so than Draymond. That's probably why Draymond punched him in the face. Mm-hmm. Um in the beginning of the season. So like, I, I think you're right, man. Like I, what, what adjustments can they make now? And then we'll talk about what that future may hold. Yeah. One Jordan Poole has to play better. As you know, um, I wonder if the ankle injury that had him on the injury report ahead of game two is a bit more serious than, than anticipated than expected. So yeah, that's one thing. I think we're going to see a lot more Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I don't know if he'll start necessarily, but he's someone that can give them a little bit defensively in terms of his athleticism. And he's played well when given the opportunity to start this season. We'll talk a bit more about him later in the podcast, but Andrew Wiggins, I think he played, what, 38 minutes in his second game back or something to that effect in game Mm -hmm. two. So there there are a couple guys. I think also they need Clay Thompson to be better. I know he's put up the offensive numbers, but the defense – just hasn't been there thus far. So I think they're going to need – I don't think he can fully turn back the clock to what he was pre-injuries, but they're going to need right. something close to that because this Sacramento team is for real, man. They're, they're definitely for real. And and you're right, Clay Thompson did allude to the fact that Jordan Poole, his foot injury is pretty much playing on one foot. Um, I think yeah. that's how he termed it. So I don't know. you got to play through these injuries, man. It's, it's playoff time. But, like, one thing's for sure, like, Sacramento's not – they're not playing. Malik Monk mm-hmm. has been outstanding off the bench, not scared of the moment, getting downhill, creating shots, playmaking. I mean, he looks like a legit six man. Um, if he continues this playoff run, if they get past the Warriors, I think this guy's going to definitely earn, you know, some consideration for for that award next year if he continues to play with this kind of confidence. Harrison Barnes has been solid. You know, obviously he has that history with playing with the Warriors. So I think he kind of understands the mentality. And I was listening to a lot of these, these Kings in the locker room. They're saying that like Harrison Barnes, everyone's just looking at Harrison, like, bro, you've been here. Mm -hmm. Let us know what we need to do to keep our composure, you know, play in the moment, but also like staying locked in. And I think the one thing that we've seen from the Kings that wasn't really um, prevalent in the regular season was them actually playing some defense. Um, So shout out to Mike Brown easily should be coach of the year um, for what he's done. And, We'll talk about um, some awards later on, but Darren Fox, just the late game um, confidence that he has and what he's been doing all season long for this team, mm-hmm. for this team has just been awesome to watch. Um, so shout out to the Kings, man. Like I, I, I just like that. It's a competitive playoff. Like I, I know the Warriors and the Lakers were very popular picks to make this run in the, in the postseason, And I don't know, man, the Warriors are definitely sweating right now um, on the East coast. Let's, let's go to the other side of things. The Miami, and Milwaukee Bucks series is going to get a little bit interesting here. Tyler Hero is going to be missing four to six weeks. Um, so he's not going to be playing, you know, arguably for the rest of the playoffs here. I, I doubt – I don't. I mean, I don't think that the, the Heat are going to be able to beat the Bucks. I don't think you do either. But they might have a chance to steal another mm-hmm. game if Giannis Antetokounmpo is out. So what have you heard on the injury report? Do you think this is a serious injury that the Bucks may actually need to monitor uh, going forward here? Yeah, it's big. Um, he's listed as doubtful um, as of Wednesday morning, uh, early Wednesday afternoon, I should say. So it's looking like he may not be able to go for game two. And that puts him in a really tough spot. I know Chris Middleton scored 33 in game one, but 
I don't know if you want Drew Holiday to necessarily be your number two offensive option as opposed to your number three. Uh, we saw that last year when Middleton was out in the playoffs. So as good as Drew is, and, and I agree with the idea that he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA, I think he's better as a number three offensively than as a number two. And then even with Tyler Hero out, Jimmy Butler is the kind of player who's just going to take over a game. We saw that in game Dog. one. I think he can, he can do it again in game two. I would not be surprised if he just put this team on his back and led them on a playoff run that none of us really expect just because of how bad they were offensively throughout the regular season. So no Giannis tonight. Milwaukee could be in the world of trouble if he, you know, if they don't get something from some of the other guys offensively. So with this lower back contusion, and maybe I shouldn't have been so assumed, uh maybe I shouldn't have assumed that you were thinking that the, the Bucks are still gonna win this. Do you think that if the Heat go up 2-0, are you putting the pan are you pressing the panic meter? I think so. Um, because you you're two oh and you're going to Miami. Um People can say what they want about home court advantage down there or lack thereof. That ain't an easy trip, especially when you're down 0-2, your back's against the wall. We've never seen anyone come back from 3-0. 3-1 is nearly as rare in terms of playoff series. So, yeah, I think this – I know you don't really – I know some people don't really like to use the term must win, but I think tonight it borders on that for Milwaukee. Yeah, the Bucks were. I mean, for what it's worth, the the Bucks are still six and a half point favorites despite Giannis being doubtful. They were eleven and eight straight up over the course of the season without Giannis in the lineup. They can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about the Miami Heat, though, man. Like when it's playoff mode, I feel like they lock down on defense. Yeah. Bam Adebayo is a, is a person that can certainly um, impact the game on a couple different areas that. You know, in the regular season, it's a long season. You're not getting fully Jimmy Butler. He was missing games, load management. Kyle Lowry had a couple of crazy games that, you know, I don't know. He's a he's won a title. He knows what it takes. Maybe he's been saving it up. And now that Tyler Hero is not there, um, you know, he's certainly going to have to step up as well. Max Struess has mm-hmm. been shooting out, shooting out outside of his mind lately. Um, I don't know. Like, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think six and a half point favorites after losing Giannis – it's pretty interesting. So we'll, we'll see how this unfolds, but they will play tonight um, and we'll see how this kind of shakes out. But uh, I think I'd be sweating a little bit if they go down too well, but I think similar to the Warriors, like they're just battle tested. So I, I feel like they're playing the the long game of like, hey, Giannis, we don't want to put you out there unless it's critical. We're not down 3-0 here. We don't need you right now. So um, yeah, I think that they're just kind of playing that conservatively right now with their star. Similarly, um, the Grizzlies, John Morant is going up for a dunk. Uh, Anthony Davis slid under him. That's been a common uh, issue with the league this year. Um, Not that I I mean, we need to talk about it much, but I think that there's going to have to be some adjustments that are made with people being able to slide underneath, um, especially in the restricted area. Like it's just going to cause a lot of injuries. I feel like, especially with high flyers like John Morant, but he fell on his hand and his wrist. He's questionable tonight. What do you, what, what chances do you give the Grizzlies here? Um, against the Lakers without potentially John Morant, which this line has kind of been flip-flopping. Uh, it opened up at the Lakers minus one. I think it's now at the the, Minis- uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are still – actually, I think they're still uh, plus one. So, yeah, the, the line hasn't moved much, but it's still – the books think it's going to be a competitive game, even if John Morant is in or out. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. You know, you still have Tyus Jones. 
has been great. wasn't great in game one, but he has plenty of experience filling in for John Morant, starting point guard. Um, give you a bit more offensively from a scoring standpoint when he starts as opposed to when he comes off the bench. So I think Memphis will definitely still be competitive. The key for them is going to be controlling guys like Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. Um, I don't know if those two are going to be able to come through as they did in game one, but you have those guys doing what they were able to do, not to mention Anthony Davis. And then obviously you have LeBron James there as well. That's when you really get in trouble. So I think for, for Memphis, the key is going to be keeping those two in check. Um, Davis and James are going to get theirs. What you can't have is Rui scoring 29, Austin Reeves <laughs> doing his thing. You can't have yeah. that if you're Memphis. So I think that's going to be the key for game two. Definitely agree with you on that one. I think that that's why the books are probably making this a pretty much a you know a coin flip type a coin flip yeah. type game because I do think the Memphis Grizzlies will make those adjustments to ensure that Rory Hachimura does not have 29 points off the bench <laughs> um, in a career pretty much a career game. Yeah, th- this is going to be a good series, man. Like I think that the the Grizzlies are definitely going to make it more competitive here. I'm, I'm going to take the Grizzlies tonight. Um, just saw a really interesting trend of of teams potentially going down 0-2. Um, at home usually come away with the victory so um the favorite team i should say so um the better the better team ranking wise um injury list is still looking you know pretty much the same the usual suspects are going to be out for the memphis grizzlies on the lakers side everyone's probable so they're going to be at full strength so we'll see how this kind of shakes for them too but um this is going to be a competitive series i don't think that the grizzlies are done yet um what are your thoughts on the timberwolves and the nuggets game two um, there's only one series that's tied up right now, and that's the Clippers and the Suns. Do you think that there's mm-hmm. a possibility um, that we might have two? Can the Timberwolves kind of, uh, you know, make make some inroads in this series here? I think the only chance would be if Nikola Jokic were held out. Um, he's currently questionable with a right wrist injury. That's been something that's kind of been off and on with him throughout the season. So I expect him to play. Um, you also got Rudy Gobert and Jalen Noel listed as questionable with their injuries. Rudy dealing with the back issue. Noel with a persistent knee, case of knee tendinosis, uh, tendinopathy, I should say. So, um, I don't know. Do you know, I, the I think, Do you know the difference between those two? Tendinopathy and I believe, tendinosis? <laughs> I believe that tendinopathy is a longer-term type issue, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Um, but... Yeah, I don't think his availability is going to make too much of a difference for them. Um, in terms of Gobert, I think it will defensively, but offensively, they get, I think their spacing is better. And they don't have him and Carl Anthony Towns on the floor at the same time. For that sure. said, I, I think Denver's just got too much firepower for them. Um, you look at Jamal Murray, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, you know, right down the list. And then the defensive play of guys like Bruce Brown and, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I think they've got too much for this Minnesota team. And again, like if, if Jokic sits, maybe the door opens slightly, but I don't think he's going to sit. So I think a gentleman sweep at best in this series. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see it um, for the Timberwolves right now. Like if they had Jaden McDaniels, I would say, all right, y'all got a little bit of a fighting chance to mm-hmm. slow down those wings but i mean yeah they're gonna i mean <laughs> they had one two three four five seven players in double figures no one less than 13 points like they just went to yeah. work and the timberwolves don't have enough firepower um to keep up with those with those assets i mean they just need someone to slow it down and they don't have anyone to do it 
even Nas Reed would have been a huge mm-hmm. benefit in this series, and he's going to be out. So, yeah, I just don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with this. Um, yeah, this is going to be a sweep. I, I don't even think that the Timberwolves can pull out a one game. Like, where's the Sixers? I'm like, oh, I think that the Nets might be able to figure it out. Like, yeah. at least the Nets made serious adjustments to doubling Joel Embiid and, and making him get the ball out quickly. I don't – like, what is the Timberwolves going to do when you got Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns sharing <laughs> the court? Like, I don't know. It's just too clunky right now for the playoffs to figure that out. You got the internal turmoil that I'm sure hasn't totally figured itself out yet. Um, yeah, this isn't this isn't a good look for the for the the Timberwolves at least in the first round. Um, but for any other breaking news that you might need or um, need to find out, make sure you download the Roto World app to receive the breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting. Your players on your roster get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. And it's available at the App Store today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, so you, we talked about it briefly here with with the um, Darren Fox being named Clutch Player of the Year, um, first year for that award. But I uh, want to get your thoughts also on Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and we can do this from a fantasy perspective and real life. But, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. was my real life defensive player of the year and um he was also my fantasy defensive player of the year so where did he stack up for you as well and and did you have him for both awards i had him for both um but i definitely saw an argument for brooke lopez as well um brooke led the nba in total blocks while jaron led in in blocks per game um that's a different conversation for a different day just which one should matter more in terms of stats but either way (laughs) Either way, when Jaron was on the floor, that defense was much better. Um, I think he averaged, what, three blocks and a steal per game. Um, yep. So, yeah, I have absolutely no problem with how that, that vote shook out. Um, it was good to see Evan Mobley on that list, too. I thought he had a very good defensive year for the Cavaliers. Um, so, yeah, all three of those guys would have been deserving. But in the end, I thought Jaron should have won, and that's how it played out. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I see no reason why Jaron Jackson Jr. wouldn't, um, you know, first players since Marcus Camby in a while, long time, I think yeah. like 2002 or something to average three blocks and a steal um, per game. And just Memphis's ascension, you know, without his defense, are they the number two seed? I, I don't think so, especially when that that period of time where they missed John Morant. Um but I also think that Brooke Lopez was certainly deserving too. And from a fantasy perspective, yeah. I mean, I remember early in the season when Brooke Lopez was his ADP was like sitting in the, you know, it was like eighties to hundreds range. And then he comes out just six blocks here, dude completely turned back the clock and wind up being a top 40 player this season. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. obviously had the injury, so that depressed his his ADP, but I think it was actually more impressive what Brooke Lopez did this year, given mm-hmm. his age, and the impact that he made on the defensive end while also, um, you know, being such a, an elite shooter from three. Um, so I think you could definitely give the award to Brooke Lopez, too. I think Walker Kessler is going to be coming for that, though, next yeah. year um, yeah. for sure. 
Um, clutch player of the year. Did you have any other candidates besides De'Aaron Fox like that could that could really like even compete? Because I didn't see it. Like this dude was yeah. doing it. I mean, maybe Kyrie Irving for a time, but then the implosion of the Mavericks just kind of mm-hmm. just ended that. Because I think Kyrie was among the league leaders in fourth quarter points, but the impact that De'Aaron Fox made in the clutch was just there's no one touching him. So no surprise that he won that award. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of another candidate, but like I just don't see late game situations. It was give the ball to De'Aaron Fox and get out the way. They named three finalists because they had to. That's basically what it was. Like it, that was his award, unless it's something your went really trophy, wrong guys. with the voting. Yeah, yeah. He's been outstanding. Like you said, he's been outstanding all year long. When they've needed the points the most, whether we're talking final five minutes or fourth quarter in general. So yeah, it, he's a fitting first winner of that award. So no problems here. Yep. And um, in terms of uh, the rookie of the year finalists, I mean, Paolo's going to win by a landslide. But like, yeah. which out of J-Dub, Jalen Williams, Walker Kessler, I'll throw in Jabari Smith Jr. and Paolo Bancaro. Out of those four guys, which one do you think is going to have the best fantasy impact next year? I think it's Kessler, um, just because of what he brings to the table defensively. Um, then also the field goal percentage. Now, you're going to take a hit with the free throws, but I don't think it's going to be to the point where you have to look into a free throw punt roster. So I think he's going to be fine with the rebounds and the blocks. Um, his playing time is only going to increase. You know, he started out the year coming off the bench, and they kind of cleared that up, moved him into the starting lineup. I think he's going to be able to play at least 30 minutes per game next year. And, well, he's top 60 this year as a rookie. So I think his ceiling, fantasy-wise, I don't know where it is, but it's very high. I, I think Kessler's that guy for me. So where do you rank those four guys? So you got Kessler number one. Where do you put J Dub, Bancaro, and Jabari Smith? I would go Kessler one, J Dub two. Um, man, Bancaro and Smith is tougher than I think we would imagine in terms of fantasy value. Um, I think mm-hmm. Bancaro. I would take Bancaro just because of his playmaking ability, and also the fact that we know who his head coach is going to be next year. We don't know that with Houston. And I don't know if I trust that Houston front office, regardless of who they hire as a head coach. So I think I'm going to go Bancaro three and then Smith four. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think Walker Kessler is, is going to be the best fantasy player by ranking. Um, he's probably going to have the highest ADP as well just for that. I mean, he can win you a category. Yeah. Field goal percentage is going to be solid, double-double. He's That's a fantasy big man that I definitely want to – invest in especially given his youth um where i would probably differ is that i think bancaro is going to take a leap and he's going to improve on his field goal percentage less turnovers um that's going to be his that's going to be his team um you know i think you're going to be looking at you know 20 plus points seven rebounds maybe four assists four or five assists and then if he can actually figure out to shoot a three-pointer which i think you know i think we'll get up to at least a half a three-pointer maybe 0.7.8 um he's going to be way better than his ranking uh, shaked out this year. I think we, I think we can get him to be a top 80 player next year, which would be a substantial leap. I Jalen Williams, I'm a bit concerned only because of what that offense is going to look like with Chet there, potentially yeah. what their draft pick's going to be. There's going to be a lot of mouths to feed, and Shea's the first one that's going to eat. So mm-hmm. as he's an unselfish player, I think maybe we'll see a little bit of that usage kind of go down. Um, defensively, still beast. 
he'll shoot over 50% from the field, which is, which is great for fantasy purposes. I'm just wondering where those, those counting stats, I think that's going to be a little bit less with uh, more talent around him. Um, Cause he was outstanding this year. I just don't know yeah. if that's, if he's going to be able to replicate that to the tune of like, you know, top 70 player um, and Jabari Smith. I think you're right. I think it's the head coaching. What is that going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, also a lot of mouths to feed there too, but they're going to yeah. have, you know, a, a pretty significant uh, draft pick on their hands too. And, you know, there's already rumors of them uh, wanting Brandon Miller. Maybe it's scoot. I, I don't know. This is another player that potentially could take the ball out of his hands. Um, but then uh, yeah, what's that coaching staff going to look like? So yeah, Jabari, I feel like has the tools to be a good fantasy asset. Uh, just too many question marks in Houston right yeah. now. And who knows, maybe James Harden decides to shake the world up and, and go back to Houston here. Um, I would hope that he didn't, but if he's trying to win a championship, I don't see why he would do this, <laughs> but we know that man loves Houston and some strip clubs. Mm. So yeah, it makes sense that he would want to go back there. Philly is not it for that. Um, but it's now officially baseball season. Football draft is coming up, NFL. So every season is pretty much draft season. So you got to make sure you get the Roto World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. Packed with profiles, rankings, projections. Make sure you order today and get all three Roto World Draft Guides for the price of two plus. Use promo code Berry, that is B-E-R-R-Y, and save an extra 20% at checkout. Yeah, I find that those are, are actually very helpful for me, especially in mm-hmm. baseball season. Um, definitely making a lot of moves in some of the draft guys that I was able to get. Uh, Strider has been outstanding for the for the Guardian or uh, for the Braves. That's the Braves same yeah. colors <laughs> for, for the Braves. Um, I know they had them pretty ranked pretty high, so that's that's been pretty nice to see. Um but wanted to chat about some more stuff on the Roto World side um, in terms of you guys just released a, a roundtable article where your you and fellow analysts kind of went out on who would be the breakout candidates going into next season. So I just wanted to pick your brain. I didn't have a chance to look at it yet, and I'm going to do that as soon, as soon as we leave here today. But for those that may not have read it, like me, um, give me a few of your breakout candidates for next year. Oh. My three picks, I kind of went out on a limb with one of them. Um, but I don't think Mark Williams is too much of a reach in terms of a breakout candidate. Uh, he moved into the starting lineup after the trade deadline when they finally moved Mason Plumley. I think that starting center role is going to be his uh, moving forward. You still have Nick Richards there, but I think Mark Williams getting more time alongside LaMelo Ball could be an interesting fantasy play next season. Um you know, the, the seven games that he played alongside Ball, he averaged 12.1 points, nearly 10 rebounds, nearly an assist, 0.6 steals, 1.7 blocks in 26.7 minutes per game. Um, good field goal percentage and that pick and roll game where you can get some lobs playing with LaMelo Ball, I think makes him a quality breakout candidate for me. Um, how concerned are you about Nick Richards being there? Like, is that a timeshare? Like, do you think that he'll get – because that's the thing about Mark Williams to me is, like, can he get 30 minutes a night? Or are they going to continue to do this timeshare thing where it's like, okay, well, let's put the kid gloves on. He's a big man. He's still learning the game. Um, Obviously, Stephen Clifford loves his defense. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just wonder, like, he only played four games this season um, of 30 between 30 and 39 minutes. So – and he averaged a double-double, so, like, he was a beast. Like, definitely a beast. But, like, I'm just wondering, yeah. do you think that they're going to still have the kid gloves on him going into the next season? 
I don't think so. And e- even so, I think if he can get to 28 minutes even, I think that would be fine for him fantasy-wise. Uh, so if you're looking at a 28-20 split between him and, and Nick Richards, I think you'll be fine. Um, I think the question may be what happens with Kai Jones, um, especially yeah. in light of the, the whole Miles Bridges um, dilemma that they've got on their hands. You know, he's still a free agent, but Charlotte has the right to match any offer sheet that he receives. Um, so we'll see what they do there. I don't know what's going to happen, so that will be the big thing. We saw Kai Jones play some center down the stretch here. I think they're going to have to make him purely a four. Um, so mm-hmm. – yeah, I think that would be a bigger question for me than a timeshare between Williams and Richards. I still think he's going to get high 20s at a minimum in terms of playing time. Yeah, you mentioned Bridges. Uh, I think Shams reported earlier in the week that um, he's going to be suspended for 20 games. Um, um, thir- going next 30 games, yeah. 30, 30 games, games suspension, uh, 20 served. So he's got 10 left wherever right. he plays next year. So That's actually pretty light. Considering the yeah, I agree. Given yeah, I agree completely on that. But, I'm just wondering what what team is going to take a flyer on him and pay him at this point? Because like I feel like I don't know. Like it's just to be an organization and to take these leaps of faith into these guys that you know clearly <laughs> has have expressed bad judgment. I don't know how yeah. you get. I don't know how you can rally a fan base around a pickup like that. Winning does cure all, but I don't know. I just wouldn't want the PR nightmare mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, I agree with that. It's not like an injury situation, you know. This is yeah. far more serious than that. So I agree with you that the suspension's light. I don't know how you can have a time served essentially when you weren't under contract with anyone, but <laughs> right. whatever. Man. Yeah. Um, who are the other uh, – who's your, your next breakout candidate? Well, my next one we mentioned was Jabari Smith. Um, I know I expressed uh, some hesitation. I know uh, I expressed some hesitation about his situation in Houston, <laughs> but he did play better basketball after the All Star break. Turned on fourteen point six points, seven point six rebounds, one and a half assists, zero point six steals, zero point nine blocks, and one point three three pointers in nearly thirty four minutes per game. Solid percentages: forty four point six from the field, seventy seven from the foul line. Um, I stand by my comments about not knowing what's going on in Houston next year. Um, but I think he is someone I think there's no chance he plays as poorly as he did to start this season. I'll say that much for him, regardless of who they hire. Yeah, I mean, he was a top 80 player over the last month. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely figured it out. I mean, still not super efficient from the field, 44% over that that time frame. But I think more importantly um, – he kind of gives me Evan Mobley vibes in terms of, you know, the points, the rebounds. I'd like to see a, be- a more substantial jump in blocks and, and, and steals mm-hmm. there, but I think the potential is there. It's just a matter of who the heck is going to be the coach. Steven Silas, I don't think he warmed up to anyone. Um, so I don't even know that we saw the best versions of each of those players that were in that system because they were all trying to like figure out what the hell is this guy doing with these rotations. Um, I don't know. I think that there's definitely a ton of, of upside with, with Jabari. He's super young. Um, so I'm curious to see like where his ADP is going to be next year. Do you have any predictions of where it's going to land? I mean, I think it's going to be well outside, you know, yeah, I, maybe well outside a hundred, 110, 120. I feel like it's probably fair based off of what he did last season. I mean, obviously you're projecting some kind of improvement here, yeah. but I don't think I would want to be as aggressive like, 
Because, I mean, Jalen Green is probably going to be in that range. I'm probably not going to select Kevin Porter Jr., even though he was the second best um, performing fantasy player on the Rockets. So, like, I feel like they're all kind of going to be – everyone outside of Alper and Shingun is kind of going to be bundled in the same kind of ADP spot just based off their lack of performance this year. Yeah, I think with the other three rookies we mentioned, you can make a case for each of them having to be top 100 in terms of ADP. I think we can agree on that. Um, While I can't say the same about Smith, even with the improved play after the All-Star break. So I think maybe just outside of the top 100 if you're feeling a little adventurous, but I think that would be about as high as I'd go with him right there. Yeah. And uh, who was your third breakout? Third one was Jonathan Kaminga. Um, There was some confusion because I split up that paragraph, that section on him into two paragraphs. So there's some who believe I have Draymond Green as a breakout player. That that's not the case. <laughs> or as people that's coming in your mentions, like, yo, bro, how are you, you going to recommend Kaminga when Draymond Green is right there? <laughs> yeah, not so much my mentions, but there have been some questions in other areas. Like, but no, but I think Kaminga just because of the uncertainty with that franchise, like we mentioned earlier, Draymond's got a player option, and. They're already paying a hefty bill as it is, you know. So you add about twenty-seven. Yeah, they're always over the luxury tax. Yeah, yeah. That you're you're looking at a roster that could be worth about five hundred million when you combine salary and luxury tax next season. And Insane. I don't care how confident your front office is in terms of being able to put this thing, put a championship caliber roster together. At a certain point, that bill comes due. You know, it's just a natural evolution of a sport where you have a, a salary cap and luxury tax. So I think Kaminga, with more playing time, if they were to make a move there, is someone that can be a, a kind of a breakout candidate. Um, he had 38 games this season where he played at least 20 minutes, averaged 13.9 points, 4.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.6 blocks, and 1.23 pointers per game. Shot about 57 from the field and 66 from the foul line. Um, that's not someone that I think you would reach for like a top 100 pick with, but I think he's someone outside of top 100. Could end up giving you better value than expected, especially if they're to make some moves with some of the older players on that roster. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the Warriors are going to do. If they get, if they're a first yeah. round exit, they're blowing it up. Mm-hmm. They're like, I mean, Bob Myers, his, his GM, his contracts up for renewal. There's been rumors that he they may not resign him. If they don't resign him, I mean, he was a part. He was one of the reasons why this was a dynasty. He put all this together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You lose him, you lose trust in the locker room. I mean, he was the guy that's coming down from the stands to like, yo, Draymond, cool out. And he's actually a guy that yeah. Draymond listens to. If he's not there, I got to assume Draymond's probably gone. You gave we talked about earlier. You gave Jordan Poole the bag, so you know your money's already kind of tied up. Clay's pretty expensive. Steph's obviously going to be a career Golden State Warrior, at least it seems that way. He's not he's not going to leave. Um, and then you have these two younger assets in Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin. Also, is another guy that I think could yeah. also um, maybe emerge too. You know, very highly regarded high school player. Um, they have younger they have younger assets so it's a matter of like are they going to trade those guys or do they mm-hmm. invest in them and right now you know this is obviously a a future looking a future looking article that you don't know what's going to happen and transpire yeah. in the offseason but i would think that Jonathan Kaminga is actually set up pretty well for success mm-hmm. assuming 
they get rid of everyone else. Cause I think he's performed better than Moody. He's been trusted into this, into starting roles more quickly and, and more readily into the rotation with um, the stars that they have. Um, so I do think is, there is some upside for, for Kaminga. I do wonder, he's not going to play the Draymond role though. Like they're, he's yeah. not a screen assist kind of guy. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. like, what does that offense even look like? I think it would actually be more higher paced. Um, you want to probably put Kaminga in positions where he can attack the rim because that's what he does. Yeah. Great rim runner. Um, working on his J, it's definitely improved. But, you know, he's not he's not a person that's going to work off screens the way that that Steph Curry and Draymond Green have been so accustomed to. Um, mm. So I'm curious to see how that, how that offense kind of morphs without Draymond in there and what that kind of looks like. But I would expect Kaminga was probably going to be the one that's going to benefit there. And the other person that's on the team now that's, that's also played a huge role in, in Andrew Wiggins – um, you know, where does he stand in that? Dante DiVincenzo is yeah. probably going to be gone. This this Warriors team is going to look could look completely different going into next season. So, um, I think Kaminga's safe. Everyone else, not really so sure. But mm-hmm. Draymond, it would probably be in his best interest to go test the markets because I don't. I think this is going to probably be the last time he's going to be able to get a, a big contract like this. Um, yeah. So for him, I think it's in his best benefit not to accept that player option. Um, but again, man, why are you doing this stuff? You know, late in the season, <laughs> when it matters most, man, you're only hurting yourself in those in those situations. But yeah, any parting thoughts on the playoffs, fantasy breakouts? Um, I'll probably put some thought into my breakouts next year or next week. Um, so we talk about my my side of things on that. But um, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on? Oh, it looks like Giannis was upgraded yeah. to questionable tonight. Good news for the Bucks. Maybe they yeah. are sweating a little bit. Um, but that is certainly good news if you're a Bucks fan. Um, and probably the books were ahead of this. That's why they kept it at six and a half. Um, yeah. so yeah, but any thoughts on the playoffs or your breakouts? Um, yeah, I think in terms of Giannis, that's obviously a big development in that game too. Uh, breakout wise, I know Noah and Zach both picked Zach Collins as a potential breakout guy for next year. He did play well for the Spurs when given the opportunity to take on extended minutes and start. And I think he's interesting because the Spurs are one of those teams that have the top odds to win that first overall pick. I don't think that would change anything for him in terms of where he fits into that rotation. Because if they were to win, you get Wimbanyama, he's not a center. You know, I know he's seven no. foot four, but that's not his skill set at all. So no, he's a he's a four. Yeah, so if anything, I think maybe you ask more questions of Keldon Johnson if something like that were to happen. They've been using Keldon at the four. Hasn't really provided much defensively in his time. That's why I've been kind of skeptical about him as a fantasy option. So mm-hmm. if he gets shifted up to the three, Devin Vassell at the two, Trey Jones at the one, you know, how does that look and, and what does what impact does that have fantasy-wise on him? But I think Zach Collins would be another good pick for a breakout candidate next year. Yeah, Pop already co-signed him as the uh, the starting starting Sorry, center. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I think that that makes a lot of sense. And um, he was a good fantasy player at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of those league winning guys that you could get. The only frustration you had with him was that he was getting load managed. But like starting yeah. at the beginning of the season, he's not going to be getting load managed. So yeah, he's definitely a, a center that probably will come pretty cheap um, in relative mm-hmm. in, in terms of his ADP going into next year. But um, all right, that'll do it for round ball stew. Uh, We'll see you next week. Twitch, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Enjoy the playoffs. Let's see what injuries or what superstars actually end up playing. But um, looks like we're going to have some competitive matchups here in this first round. So, um, Raph, talk to you next week. Until then, peace. Thank you.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.